Hi, I'm Coach Nikki, and welcome to the Business 101 Show podcast. This is where we cut up the show, we remove the songs out of it, but we leave everything else in so you can still have the radio type experience. I hope you enjoy. The following business program is general in nature and designed as entertainment. It should not be considered advice. You should seek your own independent legal and financial advice before making any decisions about what's right for you. Coach Nikki is a business coach, and any recommendations made during the show should be considered as points of reference only. You are responsible for yourself and your decisions. 101 FM Management wish to advise that the opinions and comments stated on this program are not to be considered as endorsed by Radio Logan Incorporated. Business owners, you have arrived at your new home for business on the FM dial. Introducing Coach Nikki! It's Monday night and you know what that means. It's time for the Business 101 Show, proudly sponsored by CoachNikki.com. In five... Four, four, three, three, two, two, one. Here's your host, Coach Nikki. Hello, Business Tribe, and welcome to the Business 101 Show. Of course, I'm Coach Nikki. I'm joined in the studio, but not only by, well, I'm joining Mel West again. Mel, good evening. <laughs> good evening. Welcome, Coach Nikki. Thank you. And of course, we've got Neil Giles from Browns Plains Real Estate Station sponsor. G'day, Neil. Nice to have you here. Thank you very much. We're going to have a chat later on, but uh, as you probably heard last week, I ran over and didn't get Chapter 5 done of The Art of War, so we're going to do that first, okay? I had some hate mail during the week about running out of time last week. Now, Mel, you've got something quite interesting that's happening on Wednesday. St. Patrick's Day. Yes. To be sure. To be sure. Fully deep potatoes. <laughs> My kids won't go to a, uh, an Irish restaurant with me because I, indire- I accidentally mimic. If someone's got an accent, I inadvertently mimic their accent when I talk back to them. It's just something my brain does. And of course, uh, 17th yeah. of March is St. Patrick's Day. That's when the, all the Irish get to celebrate. It is. My wife's Irish, so it's pretty much have a drink all day, isn't it? And of course, you get to drink uh, the nectar of the gods. Which is? Guinness. Yeah, I, I was going to say, but I thought, was that Scottish? <laughs> no, a little bit of Guinness. I'll be shot. Oh, dear. Um, so welcome, Tribe. Welcome to uh, show 27. It's this week uh, in the business hot seat, we've got Neil. Uh, who owns Browns Plains Real Estate. So it's really cool. We talk to the bosses of the businesses on the show. And it's I think it's going to be interesting to be able to actually have a chat and ask some questions about property, about wealth creation. Uh, and Neil's been in the game for a long time, over 18 years. Have I got that right? Yeah, that's in, right. On yep. your patch? Yep. So you actually know what you're talking about, and that's going to be refreshing. So good on you. I really look forward to that. Thank you. Um, now, we ran out of time last week, so right now we're going to dive into Chapter 5 of The Art of War. It's my favourite one. It's called Momentum. It's almost like you can picture the bamboo screens. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, momentum is the number one important factor for you. If you've ever wondered why when you go on holidays, you sometimes are getting a little bit agitated and you actually want to leave your holidays early, that's because you get out of momentum when you actually take a break. And that's the reason why you get agitated. Now, chapter five in the art of war is momentum. And it also hinges on the next chapter, chapter six, called substantial and it's insubstantial. So just keep that in mind as we go through chapter six next week. The surge of floodwaters washes away boulders. This is called momentum. 
Like the Never Give Up saying, or you don't know how close you are to achieving your goal the minute you give up, or it's always too early to give up. You really have to keep going to generate momentum. Momentum is based on the principle of control. So no matter your army size, it's about formation and communication. And he talked about that in the first couple of chapters. It requires both the direct approach, which is used for attack, and the oblique approach, which achieves victory. Momentum must be irresistible and timing precise. The momentum is like a round boulder tumbling down a thousand foot mountain. Can you picture the boulder rolling down the mountain? It picks up momentum. That's exactly what momentum is. Now both the direct relies on the oblique and each are connected. It's sort of like the great Jim Collins principle of the flywheel where it takes a lot more effort to get the flywheel to move but then once you've actually got it moving you will then be able to keep the flywheel moving and gain some momentum so you can't really have any action without momentum I mean it's sort of like a, a lead generation if you stop lead generating the funnel doesn't get full and nothing's dropping out would you you know what I'm talking about here yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah exactly right so momentum's it's like the yin and yang it's in this chapter it always and it already talks about you can't have the direct attack without the oblique because you need both combined so it's sort of like the yin and yang the light and day um, and it's it thro- shows through the whole book of the pulling of both forces, pulling and pushing in different different parts. So that was chapter five. I know it's very brief, but it's momentum. You cannot have success uh, without momentum. And like the book says, it doesn't matter the size of your army. So whether you're a solopreneur or whether you run a staff of 20, 100 or 1,000, you still have the same principles at play. So there you go. Next week, um, it's going to be chapter six, the substantial and the insubstantial, and then I'll tie the two chapters together at the end of next week. So that was The Art of War, chapter five. Sorry, I missed it uh, last week. Now, Malcolm, your favourite part of the show is coming up right now, Words of the Week. Neil, how are you at Words? Are you good? <laughs> no, not very good. <laughs> All right. So the first word, gentlemen, is exigency. This <laughs> pandemic is the exigency of our time. Any ideas? Um, precedent. Oh, I'm nearly going to say precedent. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Any ideas? No. 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 He yeah, does this every, no. every week. <laughs> Exigency. A situation or problem of urgency that requires an immediate effort to solve or alleviate. There you go. Uh, the second one for tonight, incede. The Queen will incede up the centre aisle of the cathedral and assume her position on the throne. Proceed. Or mm. march mm. or nearly. procession? Or nearly. It wouldn't win you the game, but yeah, you're getting close. No chocolates. No nothing, addings on no, that? No. Nothing from me. To advance in a stately manner. Oh, so okay. you must hold your head up high and dignantly and incede past your haters as you walk through the room. I don't know, something like that. And the third and final one, Ob Dibble. Obi Dibble. <laughs> it's not <laughs> Irish. I murdered it. Sorry. Obi Dibble. Obi Dibble. Your dog, Jim, is very obitable. Obedient? <laughs> Stick around the answer to this and more and our long chat with Neil Giles coming up right after this. There's more Business 101 show to go. Coach Nicky will be right back after this. That impossible word, well, it's not impossible because we had a phone call. Yeah, and what is the word, Mel? Obedable. Well, well done. Obedable is, and Neil got it right, obedient. Well done. 
Good oh, job, okay. sir. Good job. What a guess. There you go. Uh, thank you to Ross Burns for ringing in. He apparently had it right too on the drive in, and he did promise that he wasn't googling and driving. So there you go. There you go. And he, he also added, oh, "I got the other two as well." Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well done. All right, let's get into tonight's hot seat. Are you ready for this week's business hot seat? In five, in five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one, one. And tonight, sitting across from me in the business hot seat is Neil Giles from Browns Plains Real Estate. Good evening once again, Neil. Yeah, good evening to you. Thank you for being here. It's lovely to have you. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I'd love for the people to get to know you because you're a very smart uh, business person and you're a learned person in your patch, and that's why I really appreciate the ability for us to hear a bit about your story and get some of your feedback on some things. So I think a quick way to expedite this is, and you don't know this is coming, so this is fun. Um, we're going to have three rounds of games. The first round is which one? Property or shares? Property. House or unit? House. Tea or coffee? Tea. Brokers or banks? Banks. Speak or text? Text. Auction or set price? Set price. Lunch with a group of real estate agents or solicitors? Neither. <laughs> I was going to put three other options in there. Um, home buyers or investors? Investors. In 2021, buy or sell? I can hear the turmoil in your head. Uh, One word? Hold it. Keep hold. it. Okay. In 2026, buy or sell? You'll be selling then. Okay. That wasn't too hard, was it? No, not okay, at all. Okay, so you've warmed up now. Yep. Round two, finish these statements. A common mistake tenants make is? Not paying their rent. Selling a home is? Profitable. Yeah. When dealing with the investors, I wish the rent return was higher. Australia has better something than the UK. Climate. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. Uh, Browns Plains is? Fantastic suburb. The biggest worry most home buyers have? Buying, again, a good deal. Good deal. To be a successful or good real estate agent, you must? Know your market. My tip for property in 2021 is? Uh, hold it, hold as an investor, uh, buy as a, a homeowner, local, not new. Uh, well done. And round three questions. What's the one thing you wish an investor knew about you or your process right from the word go? Our honesty. Mm, interesting. Now, is it fair that homeowners pay for advertising or should it be part of the real estate cost that you should wear as an agent? Should be part of real estate cost. Oh, that's controversial. I can hear a lot of real estate agents screaming at the radio right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, is an auction listing used when you haven't got a clue what the property is worth? Uh, no, because I've always got a clue. Hmm. Told you, newy stuff, folks. And my last question on this round is, why are there so many bad real estates around? That's an ambiguous question. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a little <laughs> bit. I can't. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't bag other agents. No, good on you. And that's exactly the answer I was expecting from you. To position uh, that comment. And we'll start there. I was a mortgage broker for many years. Yep. Um, I'm an investor. Mm -hmm. I'm an owner occupier. Like I'm in the game. I don't have shares. I'm in property. And I've met so many agents. There's only three agents that I would rate that actually followed up, got back to me, knew what they were talking about, were able to broker the deal between all the parties like, that I would rate as good. And I've met a few hundred that are pretty average and bad. In your industry, is the barrier to entry too low? I believe so a little bit because realistically, what can you go and do? You can go and get your license off the RIQ or you don't even have to go to them anymore. You can go to anyone. Yeah. And as soon as you've got that and you've got a job, you can go and sell your $10 million property. Yeah. 
without do, doing an apprenticeship, without without without, without, the, without without doing without doing apprenticeship. Yep, without doing that. And and like I say, you've never been anywhere near a property before. I, I think it is. I I think there should be some. And there's no and there's no real follow up neither. I mean, I did mine many many years ago. Um, and and then obviously being you do get a bit of help from the franchises if you are a franchise agency. We're obviously not. Um, the reason I'm not is that I like to control. It's my business. Now, you were a franchise agent when you bought it? In 2004, I, I changed, you came I out of that this, franchise? I changed agent? it straight away. Yeah. And what, it was the control factor you wanted to control? Uh, it was the control factor, and, and obviously there was money going out that could could well stay in the business. Yeah. Right? Well, instead of paying a, a franchise fee, I could keep it in the business or keep it, spend it locally. Yeah. And, and yeah, that was my, my thought process, that we didn't need... A franchisee telling us well and realistically you you don't have much time with it is that the franchisee as soon as something goes pear-shaped all they do is cancel their agreement they don't take any liability they don't take any action against whoever so they're just a marketing company it's just you. a marketing with a group yes. marketing brand yes mal's got his hand up mal well i i've got a had a you know still a mate of mine that uh, actually met on a kentucky two t- years, years well, ago that's another show <laughs> no, <laughs> no it's a, in real estate all right when I first met him, he was a, a salesman, then he went sales manager, then he bought into the business, and then he took control of the business and went by himself. Exactly what you did. That's what Neil did, a- I think. A- yeah. And I said, um, I said, mate, wh- why? Because you're part of a big, big franchise. He said, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars, or hundreds of thousands of reasons why. Mm-hmm. Big money. Um, yeah. And so, and he hasn't looked back. I think as bosses, we want to control our own future. I think that's a core part of why we do what we do. I think you need group marketing. Like when I was in mortgage, uh, like broking, um, I was back in the Aussie Homeland days when they were before they were brokers, and then they moved to the brokerage model. We went on our own, but we didn't take a we didn't go mortgage choice or Aussie Home Loans or Wizard or anything. We actually took our own name exactly for that reason because we felt confident in being able to generate leads, develop relationships. Like we felt that was all they brought because we understood the process and we had the back-end systems. So it's sort of interesting, right? That uh, controls uh, everything in a business normal. Uh, and just because you're with a franchise in Melbourne or even in Logan Central, it doesn't mean the one at Browns Plains is going to run the same model. Yeah, they, they run okay. individual models. It's down to the individual, the staff. It's how good the property manager is. It's how good the salesperson is. Yeah. It's how good the team is. It's what they deal with problems. I'll say, I've got a policy. We put our hands up. Look, we stuffed up. Example, we we give our owner... We give our owner um, two choices air conditioning unit to put in. Right? One was $400 more than the other one. So he, took, he chose the, the cheaper one. We inadvertently ordered the dearer one. So that cost me 400 bucks. Oh, good on you. But, but that's our stuff up. It didn't actually. He, he went half and I went half. But I was prepared. I was not listening. I was prepared about <laughs> the whole thing. But, but that's the way you got to do. You've got to stand up for you. You've got to take charge of your actions and you've got to got to take charge and take with the business you've got to be proud in the business yeah look it goes to something the first show we did this year neil especially given the environment that we're in because i think people are fatigued you know they're sick of technology they're they're on a knife's edge because you know mentally we don't know whether we're coming or going opening or closing trust is the currency of 2021 it's what i said on the very first show this year and i feel like that taps into what you're thinking as well it's like that gets down to just equity equitable trust and the rapport that you have with your vendor and you go look sorry mate stuffed up and you, i'll pay it and it, i'm glad to hear they're a decent human being because normally that's happened in the flower business where you know something's gone wrong with a pallet of tulips which is 150 bunches at 650 a piece and i've got oh, blah, blah, look it's fine you know you will take it oh, look i'll go halves with you 
Isn't that a beautiful result? Yes. That, that's heartwarming. Look, so that's, that, that's perfect. That, 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 that's what it is, but it's just being open and honest. We've, yeah. we've stuffed up, and I'm more than happy. Like I say, with the girls in the office, I say to them, look, if, if there is a problem, just let me know. We'll deal with it. No. Don't, we'll, we'll, find a, we'll find out about it in two, three, four, five weeks' time. But let's find about it now. Let's just deal with it. Move on. What's the secret? You've been in where you are for such a long time. What's the secret of creating that success? What do you put it down to? Oh, don't like change. <laughs> <laughs> Not talking about you personally. I'm no, about the but no, no, but it's all about the same. You get you get sort of entrenched and, and you get comfortable, and uh, and we are comfortable where where we are. We're in a a, um, a nice environment, in a, in a nice office. You know, the comfort zone is the you zone know, of death, it, right? It, it, well. It, it that's why I was fat it, for so long. It, it, it I've been happily <laughs> married for that many years where it didn't make a difference whether I was thin or fat. You still love me. That's why I've been fat for most of my married life. I finally got an extra seven kilos off because I finally manned up and took control of my own physicality. So I'm not, I'm, I know it's funny, but it's true, isn't it? I mean, if yeah. we get comfortable, you, can, you, you know what's coming in, you know what the costs are, but that actually is dangerous. Yeah, look, I, I've had this conversation with a number of people, but it's, it, it's having that confidence to to rely on, on that and obviously do little changes instead of instead of big massive things you know mm-hmm. so we run a we run a, a, a fairly tight ship yes i've been in there a long time i know costs costs are all still going up um things like rents aren't and, and they haven't really in the last 10 years rents haven't gone up so when i bought the business 10 years ago or, or, or longer ago now but what we're earning them per month we're still earning now per month yeah work that out and yet and yet my wages have gone I don't know, 30%. Mm. Uh, everything's gone up. The list of stuff on realestate.com now has gone up 50, 60, 100% and keeps going up every day. Mm. You know, and how does that work? You know, but it's just, that's just the way it goes. We've just got to keep everything as thin as we can and, and, and move forward with, with what we've got. And, and we're in a position that, that we don't, like I say, as a real estate agent, generally you, you sort of, as a salesperson, you is out there. You see when people are doing well, they go and buy the big expensive cars. They do this, they do that. When it falls in a big little hole, they've all gone. You know, they've gone out the industry. They've gone. It's just that you're in a position now. That I'm in a position now that we we have the peak. Real estate is a very peak and dip things because yeah. and there's a lot of things out of our control. First home buyers, very good example. Two and a half years ago, it got taken off. Three years got taken off existing homes. Where did all the first home buyers go? Yarrabilba, Flagstone. What happened to Brown Springs Real Estate? It went in a big hole. Yeah. So did everyone else in the area, because because our buyers just disappeared. Because mm. that used to be the heartland for first home buyers. And, 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 and absolutely, and investors, yeah. and and then obviously then the bank bank commission and all that got all umpty dumpty because they lent too much money and they they pulled out the market and everything else. So again, it just a knock-on effect on on the area. But that's starting to get back, like I say, we've we've gotten first home buyers back because I think they've realised that they've got to go to whoop whoop and spend 450 grand on a, on a, yeah, might go a four bedroom, two bathroom, double garage home on a 300 square metre block where you can buy something in the area on a 600 square metre block for 400 grand. Mm. And, and so, so they're getting 25 grand out of the government, but it's costing them that in. They, they won't even cover their travelling costs for a year. Yeah, it's like a false economy, isn't it? Mm. I've got kids of that age now thinking about getting their first property, and we investigated it. That was exactly the conclusion we came to that it's actually not worth going into a new build. They'll buy existing and actually um, value add and flip or do something. So 
Yeah, and, and the infrastructure's all here. You know, shops are here. Instead of waiting for them to be built, you know, they're yeah. still waiting for stuff to be built out there. Yeah. And it's still not happening. I can hear Cheryl Pridham screaming at the radio right now because she's a big fan of your Bilber and Flagstone going, there's a reason it's there because of the, the rail corridor. And Cheryl, I, I can hear you. I understand the story. But I, it, it's true when you talk about the value and what, you, what the value is and what the money buys. Um, I was driving through uh, past your office today, this afternoon, because um, I knew we were talking tonight. I just want to get a sense because I used to live on Mill Road. So it's been a while since I've been down there. Uh, and it's still good-sized blocks. It still looks like it's like it has looked, like it's families. Um, what's happening in Brown's Plains? I mean, every time you open a newspaper, it's like, can't get enough stock, everything's selling before it's being listed. Like, is it a real scramble at the moment? It, it is a scramble at the moment. Um, the, yes, selling selling real estate is not, the, is not the hardest job in the world at the moment. The hardest job in the world is getting, sitting in front of a vendor and convincing them to list your property with them. What are they getting over the normal odds at the moment? Are they getting a ten percent, twenty percent kicker? I know it's I know it's hard to average. What do you reckon? Is it about twenty percent over the odds? Not that no, much. No, no, it's it's not that much. But 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 the but the market's moving and it's moving in the upward direction. Yeah. And 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 I was fortunate enough to be in the area two thousand and three when the when when the market moved a hundred thousand dollars in six months. Wow. You know, and but we're not at when we're nowhere near at that that level. But there's nothing to say that we won't be. Because the same scenario, the same scenario is happening. We, we've got 101 buyers and 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 very little stock. Yeah, supply yeah. and demand. Yeah, supply and demand is a big thing. It's the same. Look, real estate and flowers really aren't that different. It's the same thing when you talk about a bunch of iris. Everyone will know what an iris is, right? The blue yep. flower. It's it's traditionally liked by um, our older generations. The cost to source a bunch of iris was about three dollars fifty in the wholesale market for about fifteen years. It's only in the last three to four years that that's gone to five dollars. So think about that for a minute. So you, you know, before when you talked about, you just keep absorbing, you just keep absorbing and absorbing, absorbing the cost. There has to come a point where you make a decision and go either A or B, right? Um, and it's funny how I've seen that even just in floral lines. I know it's obviously much smaller, but it's the same sort mm. of thing. It's like price points have to move up because costs keep increasing. So, you know, I'm I'm interested to come back to this comment about advertising, but uh, I think we need to just have a little break. You know, before on the word game, <laughs> you controversially said the agent should wear the cost of advertising. I did. I've never heard an agent say that. They always give me this BS about why the vendor should pay and why should they give them free advertising and blah, blah, blah. Why do you do it differently? Why do, why do you say it should be the, included? The, the, way, the way I work is that, again, we, we spoke to before we are an independent agency. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's my agency. Yep. At the end of the day... If I put a for sale sign outside the front of your property, mm-hmm. it's got my business name on it. It's got my mobile number on it. It's got my personal name on it. It's probably even got a photo of me on it. <laughs> right? I'm not a big lover of putting a big fat head on it, but they're in a little corner at the bottom. I'm trying to sell your property. Yeah. Right? So I'm a believer that I should. I don't see why you should have to pay to advertise me. And that goes for the internet. That goes for the signage. Um, that goes for any advertising I do. You're a very rare breed, Neil Giles. I am. Yeah. Your vendors must value that. Because you're, what you're really saying is, I'm going to back you in. I'm going to back that I'm going to sell your house. Because how often... 
I mean, I've sold a few houses where they've taken the listing, told me the price is A, but it really B. So, you know, they sell you high and, and off it goes and low. But you really have to be on the money when you're talking because you're taking on and you're taking cost. That's that. That's right. And uh, But I won't take if you, I won't give you an A figure up here, an inflated yeah. figure. I'm yeah. not interested. I'm not trying to sell your property too low by any means. I'm not trying to undercut your property or set it too cheap. Yeah. But as it works in, in the area that we obviously do a lot of, there are a lot of houses that sell. Even in this market, there's, there's still houses selling. I can find a comparison of your home. I know yours is always better than the one next door. <laughs> I understand that. Or the one around the corner. I do understand that. It's of course. always, always course. better. But there'll be another one around the corner that, that is better than yours. And that got 400000 right? And the other one I was trying to compare it with that you don't think is better is three hundred and eighty. So one would think yours is going to be worth 390 grand. Yeah. We allow a bit. We'll put it on a 409. I'm not going to come in and say 450. Take a thousand or two thousand dollars off you. Advertise it at 450. Then come back in, in four or five weeks' time, which makes my life difficult because I'm coming back to you and saying, I think we've got to reduce it. Am I giving you, are you going to say to me, well, can I have my two grand back? Can you now advertise at the right price? Yeah, I hate those conversations. But they're the conversations that, 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 that people have. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, I mean, yes, it's a moving market. It's a, little bit, it's a little bit harder in a moving market, must admit. Do you put five grand on it? It's going to get five grand. We're going to set it tomorrow. We're going to set it the next day. You know, but then we've just got to work with, with, with what we got. So, and again, if, if I'm going to charge you 10 grand, for selling your house, for argument's sake. And I invest two grand into that because that's basically what I do. And my, that's cost. That's without my time. Mm-hmm. That's without anything else. That's probably cost to me. Probably a little, little bit higher than it. A little bit less than that. But if, if for everyone I was going to get, you were going to give me 10 grand and I'd give you two, wouldn't, wouldn't we have a happy relationship? That's a pretty good multiplier. So as it goes, and, and I've got a chance of selling it. And I believe I've got an absolute big chance of selling it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and getting you on your way and get getting your, getting your dreams or wherever you're going. Wow. So uh, and that's at the end of the day, like I say, it is the same with going back to the franchise. If I got to pay a franchise, then I've got to find more money to go and pay that franchise because that's all it is. It's a money sucker. You can take ten percent off the off the top of the sale. Well, you've got to earn that ten percent to do that. And then you're advertising the vendors paying for the franchise to have, be advertised, not not me. So I looked at it and just said, look, that's what, I, that's what I offer. That's my point of difference. And like I say, we do signage. We'll do um, aerial photos if we have to, if I think that's better. We do professional photography. Professional photography makes a big difference. A lot of, lot of agents do go down that line now because it does look. It makes us look good. It makes your house look good. But at the end of the day, it still makes me look good. Same as the sign up at the front. It makes me look good. I use those photos. I don't put a big fat head and picture of me outside. Everyone knows I sell real estate. I'm selling your property. I, I, I put four photos on there of your backyard or your pool or your yeah. $10,000 kitchen. You just put in. What's in We're, it for me for the potential yeah, buyer? Yeah, yeah sure. And, and, and then I, I get reward out of putting that sold sign on it. Let me ask you something. I've, I've just bought two properties in the last month because I wanted to... I'm moving my own occupier, plus I want to get an investment. I did. I bought in the city because I thought it was good buying in there. One thing I hate as a buyer is offers over. So it's offers over six fifty. So your mind goes, like my wife's a tight with money, so it's great six fifty five hundred. 
Whereas I'll go, oh, what's the market value? Like I do this full equation in my head going, comparative sale, what's others listed for? When someone says offers over X, what should a, where should a buyer pitch that? So, so take 650, offers over 650. What would your chain of thought be? 549. Hundred hundred and one thousand under very good. Yeah, no. And no, look Give us a hot tip. Look, look, You're the owner of a real estate agent, you list something offers I, over six fifty. People don't see offers over. People see numbers. Yeah. Numbers stick in people's heads. Yeah. They see six fifty, six fifty. Yeah. Six forty six forty nine, six forty five is what you get. Mm. Don't see the offers over. Just, just the lead in, it's just the lead in thing. Yeah. It's just uh that that's my opinion. You you need to go at same as with no price. I don't want a thousand people ringing me. That's why I hate auctions. Just give me a price well, guide so I know yeah, if I'm in the market look, or not. Look, look, certain things have to be auctioned. Bank, if you're doing a mortgagee, they like to auction it because it's the fairest way of selling houses. Yeah. My honest opinion, and uh, uh, and again, it's my opinion, I haven't seen many auctions. In the, in the 18 years I've been in real estate, I've only seen one or two houses that have gone for a premium in the area at auction. That's interesting. The others have, could have been sold and settled before they even went to auction with a price on. That's my honest opinion. What's better for a buyer too because you've got uh, finance and building protections. Well, but it, it is. I mean, obviously the, the auction is, but then a lot of my clients haven't got a 10% deposit. Mm. My first true. home buyer hasn't yeah, got, true, hasn't no. got 30 grand in the back pocket. They'd be 3% in, wouldn't they? Yeah. Like, like, well, you were in the mortgage, you were in the mortgage, right? How, how many of your clients life. come to you and go, oh, here's, here's, here's 10% day, or is 20%? We were doing 100% back in those yes. days. And yeah. also, uh, when um, what was it called? When mum and dad chipped in with the equity yep. for family equity, yep. I think. Family equity. Yep. Yeah, there you go. There's more Business 101 show to go. Don't, don't touch that dial. Coach Nicky will be right back after this. Uh, back to a great interview happening right at the moment. Coach Nicky and our special guest from Browns Plains Real Estate, of course, station sponsor, Neil Giles. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I mean, we've been talking a lot about um, buying your own home, blah, blah, blah. But it's not all, it's not all about own occupiers um, buying their own home. It is, it's also about investors and renters. Talk to me about like property management because like is that is that just a forgotten side business in a real estate office where oh, we have to now manage the renters or like t- talk to me about it. No, it's a very key. It's a very key side in in, in our office. Um, we obviously manage a, a, a good number of properties in the area, um, which which obviously keeps the the tenants in the area happy because no. obviously you haven't got investors buying properties you're not going to get tenants in the area and with Logan being a very affordable suburb or suburbs um, it it falls into a, an area that it's very good for investors to, to to buy because it's affordable for them to buy the returns pretty good uh, the the capital growth maybe not as not as good uh, as, as a whole but uh, your rent your, your tenant's still paying off your mortgage so the property then becomes yours so it, it is helping um a big time so and and obviously the the, the tenants are clients the end of the see day. this is key like back when i was a renter i used to get treated like the poor cousin especially down in melbourne because we started some business in melbourne and we were renting it's almost like they threw the rental sheet at you there's this poorly black and white photocopied list that with no care taken to it i'm just going is this as good as it gets but the, the value in a real estate office is in the rent roll for you, the owner, right? Ab- uh, absolutely. So yes. it's interesting for me that actually if you're, a, if you're a tenant, 
don't be disheartened because if you just got to get a, an owner like you, Neil, because the value in the agency, it's actually not really in the sales. That gives you cash flow to, to yes. run it day on day. But the residual value is actually in your rent roll. So you're actually going to treat your tenants well and your investors well because you want them around for a long time. Is that right? Oh, we, 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 we treat everyone the same. But 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 yes. Come be, on. Be, Tell be, me the no, truth. No, no, you can't no, treat no, everyone yeah. the same. We, we do treat everyone. We try and treat everyone the same. But, but at the end of the day, the, the, the tenant is our client. It's the same as when when some when a tenant moves into a property of ours, they get a gift when they move in. You won't find many other real estates that that that, that do that. No, that that they get a they get a. What well, I just gave you a bag with some goodies in it. Yours didn't have any goodies. Hang on, there's in no sorry. goodies in this bag. <laughs> Neil actually walked into the station, uh, folks, and gave us a Browns Plains uh, cooler bag, which is great because I'm always forgetting my bags when I'm shopping. So thank you. But that's a. It, so here you go. It's the little things. It's those little touches that people will remember. Look, we we've got we've got tenants that that have have, have rented through us, gone away, and they've come straight back to us. As, wow. soon, as soon as we've got something that, that wants, we've had, we've got tenants in properties who have been in properties for years, years and years. I think I've got one in Cresmead that we sold three times, and there's still tenants still in there. I'll tell you, it's still the best house in the street. Wow! But I mean, they could have bought it probably three times over by now. But and they've been there like 18, 18, 19, no, twenty years. They've been there now. Are they silly? Just being tenants? Look, I, I, I don't. That's a very judgy question, isn't it? Yeah. Well, but I, I was always brought up like, you should own it. You should own the well, asset so you get well, the capital well, gain, blah, blah, blah. But you also get all the headaches with that, by well, the way. Well, you do. You know, I mean, like I say, if you're, you're renting in your hot water system, you've got no hot water when you come home tonight, what do you do? You ring the agent up. You don't oh. have to worry about sourcing a plumber and it's a two grand or two and a half, two and a half grand fix these days. You know, you every quarter of your rates notice doesn't turn up. You know, you know what it's going to cost you to rent a property. Same as when I moved over from England. I rented a I rented a unit in Spring Hill. We didn't we turned up Brisbane with two suitcases. Me yeah, and my nice. Wife. So we went in. A, it was a nice apartment in Spring. Should have bought it. But that's a, that's another day. <laughs> yeah. Offered to buy it. Don't the, don't even go there. I'm not talking to you about that. Um, uh, and it was a one bedroom apartment. It was, I think, only a year old, and we were paying two fifty a week rent back then. We're going back, which was which was which was good money yeah. for for the thing. But I knew that, that six months lease, I knew it was gonna what it was gonna take us. We could always got a plane we could always got back on a plane six months later and gone wherever we wanted to go because we had that gives you mobility. Gives that mobility to go and do that. Which I don't really have as an owner occupier. Which you don't. You're you're starting to think, well, we want to go and see. I actually something. care about the hedges a lot more than I should. Like it, it does have mental weight on it when you own occupied, doesn't it? Well, it, well, it does. I mean, as a tenant, you've got to look after the hedges. You've got to look after the property. <laughs> know, but, 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 I mean, you you wouldn't go if you don't like gardening. You wouldn't go and rent a property that's got immaculate gardens. You'll go and rent something that's on a a five hundred square meter block, and all you got to do is every fortnight go and mow it because that's all you got to do. Yep. You know, so it's just down to you what what you have. But, but there there are there are clients, the tenants. So it seems like as an agent. And we better wrap this up so I don't go over the hour because Mel's starting to give me the wind up. Um, you really you have to manage a lot of relationships. You've got to manage the people that are emotionally attached to purchasing their own occupied. You've got to manage the investor that wants a return because what the magic number was over what three point five percent or something. If you can get a five to seven percent yield, you're on Christmas. That was before the cash rate dropped away. Um, so you, you must get good at juggling all those relationships all the well, time. Well, well, we do. And, uh, and sometimes you just got to tell either of them to pull their head in. Sometimes the tenant's <laughs> asking too much. Sometimes the owner's going, oh, well, get the tenant. You, know, you can't ask the tenant to do that. You know, you're in the middle. You've got to try and to balance the scales all the time. Trying to keep them both both sort of 
happy or think they're on a win when they might not be quite on a win that they think they are. But, yep. but I mean, it's just a bit of a balance act. But it's us reporting to the the, the owner, the, the property owner, sort of reporting to him every three to four months how this house is, this is what's happening, this is they're paying their rent, then this, doing your rent arrears every day and things like this. It it's all just adds to that, to that capability of, of you're looking after a massive asset for someone. So, and just quickly, last question, 15 seconds. If I've got some spare money around, like I've just jumped into the market and bought another investment, would you suggest people look out at Browns Plains to buy an investment? I think I think on your return, I think it's 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 good buying. Yes. Okay, so there you have it. It doesn't get any better than the horse's mouth. And Neil, you're the horse's mouth when it comes to property in Browns thank Plains. You, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for being <laughs> here. Well, that was Neil Giles from Browns Plains Real Estate Station sponsor. Mel, learn anything from that? Learn plenty. Learn plenty at all. And thanks, Neil, for coming in. Oh, that's, that's great. Thanks very much for asking me. It's really good. So renters don't dis- be disheartened. Uh, and if you indeed are looking at investing, it gets down to the management of the property, so it gets down to the relationship with the agent. So, all right, good. Good chat. Thank you. And here's the news that caught my attention this week. The Coalition will next week introduce, or this week, sorry, introduce its Industrial Relations Bill to the Senate for debate. This is the bill dealing with casualisation of the workforce and eight-year agreements. Although probably not going up for an official vote until June, the Coalition Senators have now suggested the bill be passed without amendment. That won't stop the crossbents pitching over ten amendments, though, to Acting IR Minister Michaelia Cash, as three out of the five crossbench votes are needed for the bill to be carried. Did you know that the Chinese economy is 70% the size of the US economy. Something I didn't know and I found pretty interesting. The first meeting of the Quadrilateral Dialogue was held this week. Australia, Japan, India and the USA make up the Quad. Why are they meeting? Basically because military conflict in the Pacific is not just a headline but a direct statement made both by Xi Jinping and also by uh, the US Indo-Pacific commander this week in US Congress. And that just about brings us to a close for this week. Business at 101fm.org.au is our email address, so they can get in touch there. Coach Nikki, thanks very much. We'll catch you again next week. See you next week. That, that, that was the Business 101 Show with your host, Coach Nikki, and Logan 101's very own Mal West. For podcasts and resources, visit our sponsor, CoachNikki.com. Re- remember what Nikki always says. Version 1 is better. Then version 9. Version 9.